Hey there, welcome to the Podcast Manager Show. My name is Lauren. I am your host. Thank you for being here today. I'm excited to introduce our guest, who is Tiffany Jones of the Kenza Collective. And today, Tiffany and I are talking about how to manage your time so you can feel successful at the end of each day and how much of a game changer this is when it comes to being an entrepreneur. Tiffany is the co-founder and CEO of the Kenza Collective, where they empower parent entrepreneurs who are searching for a better way to integrate their career goals with parenthood. So we talk a lot about being parents, but all of these tips and practices that she discusses can easily be applied to someone who's managing a nine to five or other things in their life, like traveling or taking care of a loved one or whatever it is that you have going on. I know many of us listening are not doing podcast management full-time and don't want ever to do it full-time. We want to do it on the, we want to do it part-time hours so we can do other things in our life. Tiffany has more than 15 years of experience in project management, strategic business development, proposal writing, marketing, managing clients, and teams. She's a mom to a four-year-old and has now had her own business for four years as well. Tiffany shares such great tips and mindset shifts when it comes to being a new podcast manager or even a seasoned podcast manager. There's so much good stuff in this interview. So I'm really excited to introduce you to Tiffany. Let's go chat with her. Hey there, I'm Lauren and you're listening to the Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Tiffany, thank you so much for being here. Woohoo! I'm super stoked to be here. It was we had you on our podcast, and now I get to be on yours, and it's just I love it. I love collaborating like that. So thank you for the invite. Yes, of course. I'm excited to have this conversation. Now, before we jump into this time management and everything we're going to talk about today, I would love for you to share how you first got introduced to working online. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think. I'm trying to think of kind of where to start, but for me, where it really started was after I had my daughter, I never thought that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I am, my dad is an entrepreneur. Uh, my brother's an entrepreneur. And I kind of watched that growing up and into my twenties and was just like, Oh, that's way too much work. Like someone else can deal with all that crap and just give me a paycheck and I'll leave at the end of the day and close my laptop and be done. And you know that there's definitely something to be said for that. Like that works for a lot of people that worked for me for many, many years. But what happened was, you know, I had my daughter and um, I've told this story a couple of times and, and basically, you know, what happened was I went back to work after she was about four months old and um, she was kind of staying home with my husband. We had a nanny and it was working out. And there was this one day though, where I kind of had wrapped up my work for the day. It was like maybe two or three beautiful day, like a Wednesday or something. And I was like, I wanted to go home. Like I wanted to just go home and be with my baby. I was like, I'm at a good place, a good stopping point, And like, I'm good. But I couldn't because I hadn't gotten in my eight hours. I couldn't just like leave the office like that without, you know, taking PTO or taking sick time or making something up or whatever. And in that moment, I was like, this is not right. Like 
how am I letting someone else, some arbitrary rule? I really don't like rules and, or I just, I question every rule basically in life. That's just kind of the person I am. Like, does this actually make sense for me? And I was like, this is not cool. Someone else is telling me when I'm allowed to spend time with my baby. No, I'm not. I can't do that. And so I tried to pitch that company on a more flexible work schedule. I was going to take a pay cut. Like I put this whole beautiful plan together. I was like, they'll go for this. They'll at least let me try it. And they didn't. They were like, no, it's too risky. If we offer this to you, then other people are going to want it. And Blah, blah, blah. All the BS excuses that they give mothers specifically. I've heard this after coming out of that and hearing, I've heard this story a lot of some versions of this. And so I ended up quitting. I gave them like a month's notice and did the right thing and left on, you know, what do you say? Like on a good terms, mm-hmm. but I, I got out of there and I said, you know what? I've been project managing for 15 plus years now. I can go out and offer this as my own service. And I got a first one client, like kind of lined up that I started working with before I actually, like when I had given my notice and during that month. So I started like getting that going. Then I started reaching out to some other contacts of mine and saying, Hey, this is kind of what I'm doing. Let me know if you're interested, if you need any help like this. And before you know it, I had three clients and was making a lot more money and working in like 20 hours a week. And I was like, yes, this Mm. is how it is supposed to be. And, um, we're going to get into this later, but you know, those early months were pretty crazy. I very quickly overbooked myself and had to unwind that, but that's kind of my, my story into making this leap into, into freelancing. And it's just kind of grown from there. That was four years ago now. So yeah. Then because you had this experience of your dad being an entrepreneur and your brother being an entrepreneur, do you think once you realize like, Hey, this is, doesn't sit right with me that I don't have control over my own hours. Once you made that realization, do you think it was easier for you to jump into entrepreneurship because you had this experience watching your your dad? Or do you think you actually like knew too much that you then hesitated more than someone that didn't have that experience? You know, that's a great question. I think it maybe well, I hesitated before because of watching it. And then when I had the realization, I realized that now these people like my dad and my brother specifically can help me, you know, like I can talk to them about this and they can maybe help me avoid some common pitfalls. And, you know, I, my dad, I can ask him a lot of business questions. What should I set up? How should how mm-hmm. do taxes work? You know, all those kinds of things. So then I started tapping into them as like a resource and that was really encouraging. And they, they were also really excited for me. They're like, yeah, this is, come to the other side, my friend, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and my dad was always kind of like, it's about time, you know, I'm like, whatever (laughs) I'm here now. (laughs) And now I work for him. So, you know, he's he's one of my clients. Yeah. I love that. So you do project (laughs) management for him. Um, so I was doing like operational support for like a couple of years. And then just recently, um, about four months ago, I actually stepped into a co-CEO CEO role with him, like as a fractional CEO. Yeah. So I'm managing all the marketing and operations and hiring and we're a global team and company. So I'm managing all those wow. pieces while he focuses on the technical side. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I love that. <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah. So then one, one thing that you just, you said though, was like, there's something to be said about you know, a nine to five where you are, you just have to show up and, yeah. you know, and I think that's a good point especially if someone's listening who's in a hard part of entrepreneurship or you know just in, you kind of in a low a low week or a low month or whatever to realize that like there's hard parts of it all 
there's hard parts of having a nine to five. There's hard parts of being an entrepreneur. And so you, as people say, like you have to pick your hard, like what would you, what pains you the most (laughs) to not be able to be with your daughter when you can, when work is done or, you know, one of the, the pain points of, you know, being an entrepreneur of, you know, working, you know, having to get things set up and working more in the beginning or, or whatever it may be. Yeah. I mean, I think the important thing for people to remember is that you can always go back to that. You can always go back to a traditional job. And I've seen people do that pretty recently too, because right now, specifically, as we're talking in March of 2022, you know, the job market is very much an employee's market. There's so many jobs that need to be filled. And because of everything we've gone through over the last couple of years, like so much has shifted. So, you know, I like, I like to remind people of that when they're on the cusp or they're like, they, they want to, but they're so nervous. It's like, you can always go back and find another job if you have to, but just beware once you get that little taste of freedom, you probably will never want to go back. And in fact, sometimes companies, if like someone who's been an entrepreneur for many years tries to interview, they're like, are you sure you're going to be okay with this? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So actually my best friend just went from being an entrepreneur. She got this amazing opportunity in the fitness industry to be like an international trainer for Orange Theory. And so she like never thought that she would go back to a nine to five. And she's, Mm -hmm. she's kind of working through the like, you know, (laughs) Sunday scaries, like, wait, I I love the job that I'm doing, but I'm still like, oh, this is weird. I want to be an entrepreneur. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it was just kind of a a unique situation. So yeah, you, you never, you never know what's going to happen. And just because you leave doesn't mean you can't go back. Right. And I think the good thing too, is like something that's happened for me is I have, I've always um, in my career had worked for like smaller, medium sized businesses. I was never in like a huge, uh, I shouldn't say never. I was not typically in a big corporation. A couple of times I was. Um, but one thing that happens is that you have a much deeper appreciation for other business owners for other people who are running companies. You know, I look back at some of the small businesses I worked for and maybe some of the ways I criticized them or thought they were making bad or wrong decisions. And now as a business owner myself, I'm like, man, they were just doing the best with what they had. And they were juggling a lot, especially when you have employees, you know? So, you know, there is definitely a way to turn, turn that around and say like, I'm now coming into this business with so much more knowledge and that can be really, really valuable for a company too. Yeah, that makes sense. And another thing that I wanted to ask you from what you said earlier was whenever you were kind of planning your exit out of your job and you started landing clients, were you looking to land clients in like the same industry that you were working in? Or because you said you were kind of tapping into contacts, did you find people that were kind of in the same industry or was it different? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I haven't really in my career always been in like one industry. I've just been very much a generalist, but really kind of focused in operations on the operation side. I'm super organized, you know, project manager can manage a lot of moving pieces. And so my career has been in film production, which is where I started and what my degree is in. It's been in managing co-working spaces and a network of co-working spaces. And there's a lot that goes under that. Um, and then into creative agencies. So I was a producer at creative agencies. And so because of that, like I've been in a lot of different industries and I'm interested in a lot of different things. So really what I've looked for is companies that I've aligned with in terms of just their, how they work and what they're doing. 
and then look for all the opportunities in there. Like, oh, you guys really could use a project management system. Let me get you set up and trained on that. Or mm. they needed, uh, you know, some up an updated website. Like I can help go in and build out websites, you know? So it's just taking all my different skill sets and really honing in on the ones that I actually enjoy doing and not talking about the ones that I don't, you know, like keeping that in your back pocket (laughs) and then finding the clients that kind of need those types of services. And they, they were in all different industries, honestly. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Now, since we're going to be talking about time management stuff, let us know now you said you have a daughter who's four you said it was four mm-hmm. years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what is your, how, how much do you work? I guess, what is your kind of quote unquote work-life balance look like right now? So people can have that in mind whenever we get into some of these more time management stuff. Totally. So, um, I try to work Monday through Thursday, sometimes Fridays happen too, or sometimes Fridays are just kind of like a free time kind of day for me. Or sometimes I take Mackenzie, that's my daughter out of school and we'll go do something fun together. So I try and do like a four day work week whenever possible. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I typically work from about 10 AM to, well, it's either, it's either nine to three or 10 to three 30 or so kind of depending on the pickup and drop off my husband and I switch off. So it's, it's about 20 hours a week. So I get workouts in, in the morning, um, most days, and then, you know, spend some time like listening to an audiobook or doing that. Like I do a lot of self-care in the morning, like after my daughter's out the door and before I sit down to work. Mm. So my schedule is pretty tight. You know, it's, it's 20 hours. That's not very much for the amount of work that I'm doing, but there are some strategies that I've put into place to make that a reality that I've had to learn over the years, um, my years of career, and then my years of entrepreneurship that are really working out for me right now. And um, it's definitely possible. You just have to be really intentional with your time. That's like the critical part. I, I so, so agree. Now, before we get into that, let's go back to what you said when you, okay, so you started your your business. And you said like you landed three clients. Great. You're making more money than you were. Awesome. You're working less. Everything's great. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Then you started to say yes to every, not to every client, but you started booking yourself out. So Yeah. yeah, tell us about that and the lessons you had to learn. Yeah. Well, what happened was I had these three clients and then what was going on is that I was getting multiple projects going at a time with each of these clients. So even though I only had three, which is enough, there were probably like eight projects running at one time between Mm -hmm. across all of them. And that was what I was used to. Like I was used to working in a really busy creative agency where it was go, go, go all the time. And I was juggling a lot. And so I just like, went right back into that. And all of a sudden, I remember one day, like my husband saying to me, this was like maybe a month or two into it. Like, I feel like things are worse (laughs) than when you were working because, you know, you're figuring out how to run a business. You're figuring out how to juggle these clients. You're completely, it's like you're untethered from everything. And you're just like, trying to keep your, you know, what together and Mm -hmm. do all this. But there's also this feeling of like exhilaration because you're like, yeah, I'm doing it. Like you're seeing the money roll in and you're managing these clients and there's like so much going on, but I had very quickly, I definitely overbooked myself. And so what I had to come back to was remembering how did I manage all of this in the studio I was just managing? Like, how did I control all of this before? And what I had built out there was something called a capacity. I, 
there's, there needs to be a sexier name for this, but I call it the capacity planning tool. Um, and all that it is, and I, I have adapted it for like, you know, freelance type of work now, not just for the studio, but basically it's just a spreadsheet. It's a week by week spreadsheet that groups your family commitments with your work commitments. And you can very quickly and visually and easily see, oh crap, that week coming is going to be really crazy. I have this project kicking off. I have this one wrapping up. I have some, you know, swim lessons that I signed up for with the kid. We got a dentist appointment. Like you can see it all mixed together, like really clearly. And you can start to unwind that. And so that's what I had to do is I had to look when I first just put it together and looked at where I was at. I was immediately, like I could see so clearly, I am, I've booked myself to work more hours essentially than I have allocated to work. So Mm -hmm. if I had said, I want to work 30 hours a week, I was at like, you know, 45 or something based on the amount of work I had taken on. And I was like, that's why I'm so stressed out. There it is right there. So, you know, I had to get through those projects and get through that time. I had committed to it. Um, But going forward, I started to get a lot smarter with how everything was mixing together. So if I, you know, a client had agreed on a project before I agreed on a start date, I would go look at my capacity planning tool and figure out, okay, before, if I didn't have this tool, I would say, Oh yeah, let's kick off next week. My calendar looks fine. Yeah, cool. But now I can zoom out and see it in the context of everything and go, oh, if I actually kick that off just one week later, it's going to give me a chance to clear out all these other things, not have a crazy week and just shift it by one week and everything's going to be so much better. And that for me has been really, really critical. It's really, I call it kind of like intentional planning is really critically thinking about every week and what's coming up and not just like how full your calendar looks, but the types of events that are on there and what kind of prep do you need to do? And what kind of energy is it going to take for you to do all of these things and moving things around so that they better fit your lifestyle and everything else you have going on. And then you're like, okay, now I've been very intentional on how everything's going to flow for at least the next three or four weeks that's when things can start to shift for you. Yeah. And I I can imagine too, that when you look at that, when you zoom out and when you're planning out a project, like you're saying that you can also look at when the project's going to end Yes, and see, wait, if I shift it one week, it's not going to end on this crazy week or, Mm -hmm. or whatever. So yeah, I I love that. Well, and to tack on to that, you can see when it's going to end and that's going to show you when you're about to have a lull in income. That's the other like really critical piece of this is you can see, because I kind of use it like a color coded, almost like a Gantt chart vibe, Mm -hmm. um, but not nearly as like crazy and complicated. You can see like, oh crap, at the end of June, all these projects end and I don't have anything else lined up. Mm-hmm. So now you can know months ahead of time, okay, June is when I have availability. So now you can tell your clients that or potential clients, or you can make sure you're going out and filling that, or maybe that's a great time to take a vacation or schedule exactly a week of thinking. business work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. It's like, oh, you know, yeah. At the end of June, I can take a whole week to, you know, do some things in my business that I never get to, but I like doing, or like you right. can take literal vacation, you know, go on vacation, (laughs) or you can just take like a vacation week in your business or whatever you want, but you can plan for it. And then you can plan hopefully to start another project the next week or whatever. 
Exactly. Exactly. But it's this type of intentional planning that is just really a game changer for everything. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. What's hard for me is that I don't know if like I am a planner, I am a project manager. So this is very natural and normal for me. I don't know if people listening to this who aren't like that, this feels overwhelming. Like, I don't know how that feels. Are you a planner? Are you someone who would do something like this? I'm definitely a planner because I like having a lot of stuff going on at the same time, kind of what, like what you're describing. And so because of that, and you know, I, I don't like breaking commitments and like, so I, yes, those, for those reasons, I am a planner, but I also enjoy doing too much. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say it that way because, you know, that's just it, it, because to me, it's like excitement and energy. And yeah, I don't want to like, you know, have so much going on that I'm stressed. No, Mm -hmm. I avoid that at all, you know, as much as possible. But, you know, with, with my schedule and working, I also work, you know, less than 20 hours a week. And what I've realized is that it's actually easier for me to manage my time because I don't have that much of it. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I have these things that I do every single week that are unchanging and are required for my business. And I have like one spot where I can trade things in and out. So Mm, if I, so in my mind, I really can only work on one project a month. So like right now I'm updating the content inside of my course. I can, that's my project for the month. And then however long it takes me to do, I can't also say, I'm going to do this new marketing initiative. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. This is the only thing that I can commit to. So that for me is hard because I want to do more, (laughs) but there's just not time. And I've, I've learned that. through trial and error and finally drill it in my head of like, it's just, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen if I say yes to it. So don't say yes to it. (laughs) Good for you. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. So I love that though. That was so helpful. Many of our listeners are building their businesses on the side of a nine to five or they're you know, full-time parents right now, or they're, they're traveling. They're, they're do, they have other things that they want to do with you know, their life besides just work all the time. So many of us are building this on the side and doing it not 40 hours a week. Many of us would love to avoid overbooking ourselves, right? We're like, hey, tell me how not to to get into this mess. (laughs) And we'll get ourselves into messes if we're new entrepreneurs, but tell me how not to get into this mess. So (laughs) we're old entrepreneurs too. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. So how can someone look at their schedule and decide how much usable time they have. And, and like you said, from this, um, how much mental capacity they have, how can they look at their schedule and, and plan? Yeah, I think a really important thing for people to realize, especially in the early days is not just understanding, okay, I'm going to dedicate 20 hours a week to this. What does that mean? Like, is that two, is that like four or five hour chunks? Is that, you know, a couple hours every day? Is that a couple hours in the morning, a couple hours at night? Like figuring out what exactly that looks like for you is really, really important because that's going to help you understand how to arrange things. So like, for example, if you're a podcast editor, so I come from an editing background, film editing, and then I edited our own podcast for a long time before I handed that off, which was the best day of my life. And uh, <laughs> other than my daughter being born. <laughs> we hear yeah. Um, shout out to Stacey Hansen, who does my editing and I love her. Um, but anyway, you know, for editing, you really need a chunk of time. 
you know, it sucks to sit down and start editing an episode and be interrupted Mm -hmm. because you're trying to get into a flow. You're trying to understand the story that's being told. Um, And then you also need to write all the show notes if you do that as part of your thing. And you need that to be fresh in your brain of like what the show notes and the description should be. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you wanted to be a podcast editor and you sat down and looked at your time and you saw that you have like an hour a day to dedicate to it, is that realistic for what you're trying to do? Whether it's a podcast editor or anything else, like as a VA, that could be a little bit more realistic because VAs typically can are like more tasked driven type of things versus like needing a three hour chunk to sit down and like bang something out. So I think it's just important to establish what I call like your core hours. And I always, if you have kids, I really try to encourage people as much as possible to be careful about including like nap time or after bedtime as part of your actual core hours, because you can't count on those. As we all know, nap strikes, kids just not going to sleep, whatever the case may be. But I understand some people need to do that. So what are your core hours? Set those and then work within that. And if you're like, okay, on Mondays, I can do an hour in the morning and two hours in the afternoon. Okay, great. That hour in the morning is going to be more for like administrative or marketing or whatever it is. And then later on, you can take, you know, take on editing a podcast. That's also going to show you how much you can actually take on. So if you have three, three hour chunks in the week, well, that sounds to me like you can take on three podcast editing clients where you can edit, you know, each one of those in each of those chunks. But if you don't really look at that and think critically, think about that, you might go, oh, I have 20 hours. So I can probably take on like five clients. I'm cool. Right. It's like, well, actually not really. <laughs> yeah. So those are, yeah. And I know this is like super nuanced and in the weeds and detail, but like I have this course that I've written, but haven't done yet. And it's called success. Your success is in the nuance. And it really comes down to like these little details and how you think about these things and plan things out. That's where the success is. And so it is important to get down in those weeds sometimes, especially in the beginning. Oh, totally. And I think one thing that's coming up for me as you're talking is, the idea of like, how do you want to work as well? Because if we're talking Mm -hmm. to parents, you know, they're like, when I was first attracted to working online, I remember hearing about opportunities that you could do where it was in between, you know, you could Mm -hmm. like social media management. I remember this was kind of like what people used to say about social media management. It was like, oh, you can just log, log into your clients, social media accounts and manage their social. And you, you can do it when you're, you know, when your child's playing, you can do it like it's so flexible. And that sounds really attractive. But for me personally, I don't like working like that. I, I do not like multitasking you know, I'll read emails or I'll do here, you know, I'm, I'm a human. I check my social media in front of my kids all the time, right, but I'm not right. working, you know, right. I'm not really working. And so that was one of the things I, I really loved about podcast management in the beginning was that I, I had to sit down. Like you said, you want to edit in like two or three hour window. You don't want to do it in a 30 minute block. So oh, the fact yeah. that I could sit down and just engross myself in work was like the best type of self-care for me as a mom, because <laughs> I was like, I'm getting 100% away from, you know, mentally away from my motherhood duties. And it feel it feels amazing to, to do something else. So yeah. I think maybe if someone hasn't thought about that is, is the idea of multitasking with your kids, is that attractive to you? Great. Or is it, do you like the idea of like fully being able to step away? And then, so then, and then also how do you create that time if you haven't figured that out yet? 
Hey there, I wanted to interrupt this episode with a quick message for you. If you are listening to this show, then you are either wanting to become a podcast manager or currently a podcast manager. And I wanted to invite you to my free masterclass where I show you how to become a profitable podcast manager without working more than 20 hours per week. So in this masterclass, I break down what it would look like for you to be making three to 5K per month working as a podcast manager without working more than 20 hours a week. Not only do I break that down, but I also talk about the three myths that I used to believe that was keeping me away from being a profitable podcast manager and that you might be believing as well. That and I share all the details about my podcast manager program. So if you're interested in learning more, learning the three myths that might be keeping you away from becoming a profitable podcast manager, or you just want to see what does it take to be a profitable podcast manager, then grab a seat to my masterclass. I would love to see you there. Just head to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass and it'll show the next available time. Okay, awesome. That is it. Go sign up for the masterclass. I cannot wait to see you there. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah. And one of the things that I'm looking forward to as my daughter gets older is we're planning to um, do a version of home education um, called unschooling. And I'm kind of getting everything lined up in the next couple of years to start that. And something I'm looking forward to is when she gets a little bit older and we get into a rhythm of that is establishing like a work time for both of us where like, she's going to work on something and I'm going to work on something and I'm going to be working on my business and we can work alongside each other. And I think, you know, I haven't gotten there yet, but that when kids are a little bit older that you can, they, it might be kind of cool for them to see you like working on your business and doing things while they're working on whatever they're working on. Um, but you know, my daughter, that's just, I can't do that right now. <laughs> that's like, no, that's not going to happen. She's going to yeah. be all over the keyboard and messing with me. So, you know, that's the other cool thing about entrepreneurship, especially in the context of a family is that you get to shift and change and there's going to be different seasons of life where, you know, you can be a lot more productive in your business. Um, AKA not sick season, not like, you know, every two weeks started. your child. Yeah. I don't even, we don't need to go down that path. So that's, but you can know that that's coming. You can know that, all right, we're going into the winter. Like do not take on a million projects right now because it's going to get blown up like every two weeks. Yes. I need to <laughs> hear that. Be like that. I need to hear that because, uh, <laughs> I just need to hear that. I need to hear that. My definitely one of my focuses next winter will be how in every way can I handle six season better? Because it wrecks me mentally. And I'm, yeah. I I went through a dark, dark time last, like November and December, she was literally sick, like every two weeks. And we were like, is something wrong with her? And I looked it up and they said to expect six to eight colds during those months between like, you know, October to February ish, yeah. depending on where you live. Um, and I was like, Oh, cool, okay. cool, cool. We're right Six on track times of everything <laughs> being literally blown up. Wonderful. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. So like I said earlier with my schedule, I've realized like I can only do like one extra project a month based on my availability. So that's helped me set realistic expectations for myself of, you know, if I'm getting these things done, then then I'm getting enough done. So whenever someone goes out to set a schedule like this, maybe they look at it and they think like, 
I don't have enough time to get the things I want to get done. Like I'm not going to be doing enough to build your biz to build my business. Like, is that something that you ran into when you had to unwind your schedule? Or like what tips would you have for someone who's maybe thinking that? Yeah, what's what's unique about my situation is that so the Kenza Collective is like one big kind of umbrella company for both the education and coaching and all that kind of stuff that we do. But also that's where all of my consulting, my consulting practice lives too. So everything is built under there. It's just one S corp and everything happens under there. And so I have this kind of push pull that happens between client work that pays bills and the fun work that I love to do within Kenza and, you know, specifically the Kenza side and like building your own business. And this could apply if you're like, you know, trying to find clients and trying to have a social media strategy and all that kind of business stuff that you need to do, like is the push pull of that, you know, like sometimes you're like, Oh, I really want to work on like getting my social media lined up, but like you got that pesky client work, you got to get done too. And so, so I'm going to walk you through kind of like what I've been doing lately. That's been working and helping me to feel like I'm ending my days really productive. So this comes from a lot of years of just like understanding how long I think something's going to take me. And that's hard um, because we're all by nature, I think like bad estimators of that, but you can use things like timers and start to get an understanding of how long it is. Or you can do something like time blocking or time boxing, which is like a time box is basically saying like, I'm going to give myself an hour to work on this thing. And it's similar to a time block in that, you know, there's a chunk set aside, but it's a little bit different because you're saying you're going to cut yourself off. And this kind of comes from, I work with a lot of software developers. And if there's something that came up that I'm like, I kind of want them to look into it, but if you're not careful, they'll sink like, 20 hours into this thing that you're like, oh my God, why did you do that? You know? So I'll be like, please time box this to two hours. Let's stop there and let me know like where you're at and if you think it should proceed. So those are kind of some tools you can use. But the way I sort of arrange my week is like I use Asana, but you can use any tool for this. And every day has its own task list. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And what I do is I open up my calendar. I open up that list. And the first thing I do is I put in any meetings I have in all caps as just like placeholders. So I see them on there. And not only is that nice for me to know, okay, these are the meetings that are coming up. What do I need to prep for this? But I put them in my day and then I get to check them off, which feels really good because they are a task essentially, you know? Yeah. Then I go in and I make sure that I put a placeholder for like answer emails or clear inbox, whatever I want to say there eat lunch is literally a task on my task list. And then I line it up sort of sequentially and I start to fill in the gap. So like, let's say I have a meeting at 1130 and 130. Okay. That means that my morning is pretty open. So I can either stack up a bunch of smaller tasks, or I can look at my backlog. I keep a backlog of both tasks and projects and I can go, okay, I'm going to pull this project up, whether it's an internal project or a project for a client doesn't really matter. I'm going to pull it up. And within that project, task, kind of like the project line or whatever, I've already sort of given an an estimate. So I can look down at my backlog and see project, create this landing page. And it says two hours on it. Like, I know this is probably going to take me about two hours. Oh, great. I have a two hour opening on Monday. Boop. I'm going to pull that right up there. So now I'm looking at Monday. And the first thing I see is clear inbox because I know I'm going to do that anyway. And I better keep a space for that. And I can even put on there 30 minutes, give myself a time box for it. Right. And then the neck, and then I do that and boop, I can check that off. 
I feel so productive because I've already like checked something off. The best is when you forget to check things off and you go and you're like, oh, done, 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 you know? Yeah. (laughs) So I've checked that off. I moved to the next thing. Oh yeah. It's my project to create this landing page. Okay. I'm going to get into the zone, maybe take a little break. Now I'm going to go into that. Okay. Better wrap that up. Now I got meeting, 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 check, check, check. And what's really cool. And this is what makes me feel so good at the end of the day is that all those things get checked off. Now, This takes time to hone in on. When I first started this method, I had a lot of extra stuff hanging out at the end of the day and I'd have to just move them back to my backlog or move them down to the next day. But usually the rest of my week was already pretty planned out. So then I start to learn, you know, and you're like, okay. And after about a couple of months of trying this out, I'm almost always checking every single thing off because I've gotten so good at estimating it. And when you keep a backlog chilling and you even keep it prioritized of projects and tasks, that makes it so easy to look down there and just drag things up into each day and kind of fill it out. So it's kind of a mix of time boxing, time blocking, understanding that mix of how things are going to happen. And then there's one last thing I'll add to this, which is again, going back to that, like intentional planning concept is let's say I look at the day. So one thing I do, for example, is I have, I have therapy every other week and it happens to be like at, at noon on like a Wednesday, which is like kind of a weird time, but it's just like what we have to do. So I know after a therapy session, like my brain is going to be different after that, Mm -hmm. you know, like sometimes it gets emotional, like whatever. And so when you look at your week and you start to lay it out, you can start to see like, oh, I have three podcast interviews that I'm hosting that day. I better not try and also jam in a two hour project, you know, Mm because your brain's just going to be fried. Even though I have a two hour gap, That doesn't mean I have to shove that project in. So again, it kind of goes back to the capacity planning tool and everything we're talking about here is just being really intentional with how you're mixing up the soup here. And that's going to just help your energy be a lot better. But again, if you're not thinking about this and just even thinking about the week ahead, the stuff will just sneak up on you and all of a sudden you're overloaded and you don't know why you're so drained and tired and stressed out by the end of each day. And it's probably because you're not really thinking through the mix of things that you're doing and intentionally planning that out. Yeah. And I could, I could imagine too, that like, you know, maybe on Monday morning, you want to like knock out all these admin tasks because you want that feeling of success. But then if you were to actually look at your whole week, you could, you would see, you know what, after therapy, I I don't feel very creative because my brain is everywhere or whatever. (laughs) And so it's actually better if I hold off on those admin tasks until Wednesday, because then I can still get work done. I don't need to take the whole afternoon off, but I can still get stuff done. But it's, I'm not like, you know, ending my week with all of the creative projects because I have other things going on or whatever. So I'm like, I can imagine just like by seeing it all, like you said, looking at the week kind of as a whole in learning how you work best so that you can make those little shifts. And also moving things around, like somehow this Tuesday, this Tuesday, like a couple days ago, this day, like got stacked. Like I had an interview. I was like interviewed for something else. I had this other little half hour meetup with this other group. And like, and then I had like these back-to-back recurring calls with some of my clients. And I was like, 
what happened to Tuesday? Tuesday is out of control. And I was looking at it the week before. So important. So what I did, I moved meetings around that could move my recurring meeting with one person. I said, Hey, would you mind if we move this to Friday this week? And he was like, actually, that works way better for me too. Perfect. Boom. That's off my plate. So instead of letting that day just happen to me and seeing it and be like, Oh, I'm just gonna have to get through it. I'm like, no, I'm not just going to get through it. I'm going, if I have it in my power, I'm going to rearrange this so that my life is better. And those, again, going back to that nuance, this is what has been such a game changer for me. This is what allows me to feel so happy and fulfilled literally by three o'clock every day when my daughter comes home, because I've thought about how I wanted my day to go. I've crafted it to go that way, knowing it could all be blown up at any point, of course, but, and it's gone exactly how I wanted it to most of the time. And that's great, you know? Yeah. And I think it's important to remember as an entrepreneur, you can move those meetings around. Right. Because we we kind of think like we get back into our corporate mindsets, even if you never worked in corporate. I think we all have this mindset of like, oh, no, the meeting is set. So therefore, I can't change it. And so even though I'm the business owner and I and I want flexibility and that's why I'm doing this, I'm not going to move a, a meeting around because I can't. And it's like, oh, no, you can ask. You don't, you know, yeah, if you set a meeting, you, it might not be able to be moved, but you can ask and make your day better. And like you said, not just have to kind of fight through it like you would if you worked for someone else. Exactly. Great point, Lauren. This has been so good. One last question I want to ask you is you just mentioned that you turn off at three or three 30. That's when your work day ends and your daughter comes home and, you know, I'm sure you switch into a different mindset outside of work life. But since, you know, you've, you've had other nine to fives corporate life where you were working longer hours, does it ever like creep back in that you should be working longer or like that you should pull your laptop out at the end of the night? And not to say that's wrong. I work a lot of evenings we all have different schedules, but like for you um, individually, does that corporate mindset come back in that you need to be doing more? Yeah, that's a great question. Something we talk about a lot is like unprogramming yourself from so much. And this is where like, I think therapy is so, so, so critical, whether it's like personal therapy or more like business coachy type of things, like whatever Mm -hmm. it is, like it's such a great place to try and unwind some of these narratives that we've been taught. You know, there is such like, you know, coming from like a creative agency background specifically, it's such a hustle. It's such a grind, like agency life like that. And some ways I liked it, you know, like I just kind of like how, you know, you were saying before, like, I liked that busy kind of like always feeling like I'm right at my edge, you know, of like what I can handle. Like there's, there's nothing wrong in saying like, there's definitely a little juice from that. You know, there's something about that. That's like interesting, but you know, in terms of like my entrepreneurial life, what I like to do is remember why I'm doing this, why I went out on my own in the first place. And of course there's a financial component. Like we both need, my husband and I both need income. We live in Southern California. Like, come on, you know, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, I also want to be there with my daughter and I want to be present. And so you know, one thing I just want people to know is that there are seasons to all of this. And the business coach I'm working with right now is really teaching me about how to honor like the natural rhythms and seasons of life in general, like winter, spring, summer, fall, what do each of those feel like? And how can you apply that to your business? And I'm just so excited to dig into all of that. And there's going to be seasons where it's really busy and you might need to get on your computer at night. 
But I would just really encourage you to make sure that again, going back to that word of like intentional planning and just being really intentional about all of this, it's like making sure you're not doing kind of what I did in the beginning, which was going right back to where I was Mm -hmm. because it was so ingrained in me. It was so natural. I'd been working like this for over a decade, you know, like 15 plus years. This is my life had been this like hurry, 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 busy, busy. And I feel myself getting drawn into that. And even as I found my days to be a lot more ease filled Mm -hmm. with this new way that I've been working in this, a lot of work I've been doing internally and, and all of that, it's been hard for me. Like the last couple of weeks, I've had so much spaciousness. It's like, I'm getting everything done and I'm getting everything done. And then I'm just like, but wait, I checked off everything. Right. What's, what is this life? You know, I don't need to go do something after she goes to bed. Like, unless I wanted to like, what? And mm-hmm. it's kind of uncomfortable, not going to lie. So my advice to you is really just to like question your motives and make sure that like, is what I'm doing, what I want to be doing. And I'm being very intentional about it and it is necessary, or am I just getting pulled back into the old programming and the old way of living and be really careful about that? Cause it's easy. It's really easy to fall back into old habits if you're not careful and you're going to, I still do all the time. So just be thoughtful about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And this is reminding me of like a pattern I had to break when I first got out of college because you go from being in school and always having more than you can do or having more tasks than you can get done. You know, like classes would tell you like, okay, read these two chapters and it'd be 60 pages. I come from a biology background. So it was like, just the workload was unreasonable. And it was just kind of known that it was unreasonable and people didn't read the book, right? They just showed up to the lecture or whatever. But like me, I was like, I, you know, the beginning of the year, I'm going to get an, you know, a solid A and I'm going to read every single chapter. And I had very high expectations for myself yeah. um, because I enjoy that, right? That kind of yeah. drives me. But then what it was doing to me subconsciously, which I think we can all relate to this, is that just this, this mindset that there's always work to be done. Sunday yeah. night, there's work to be done. Saturday morning, there's work to be done. And yes, your social life, has a way of working itself in there, right? Because you've got mm-hmm. people that want to, you know, you, you your social life happens as well, but you're always thinking, you know, that you you have five other things that need to be get done. And so then when right. you get out of school, you're like, oh my goodness. It, like, I remember having to really acknowledge, like, you know, my adrenaline was just still up from always oh, having interesting. to- interesting, yeah. Yeah. And so I can see how that could just carry into corporate life. That could just carry into, it'll carry into whatever, right? Because it's mm-hmm. a pattern. And maybe maybe people haven't even realized that they brought that from school, right? Yeah, totally. School or whatever the last job was. You know, I think that's why I got myself into trouble was because that's how that business owner had chosen to operate their business. And I just thought that was normal. And in a lot of the jobs I worked at, um, at one point I was managing like a network of nine different co-working spaces as like the operations director. And like, it was nuts. I mean, I was working all the time and I didn't have a kid. And so I just didn't even, I was just like, this is what I do. And I, you know, just unwinding all of that and being like, actually, it doesn't have to be like that. Uh, and some would argue I would, it shouldn't be like that. And you get the choice to build a business that fits your lifestyle, not the other way around. You know, you don't have to fit your lifestyle to your business. You can, 
but it can go the other way and be really a beautiful thing. And you can go, oh, okay, this is how, this is how great it could be. Wow. And then once you get to that point, like the doors just open up and you realize how different of a lifestyle you could have if you can use your business to drive that um, and to, and to just, you know, complement your lifestyle and to create your lifestyle for you um, is really powerful. And that's like next level. Um, That's kind of the phase I'm in, which is really cool right now. Yeah. I hope that this has been like an eye opener for someone listening of just realizing like, oh yeah, my, my days could be filled with more ease and maybe just some questioning going on of like, yeah, do I want my business to feel this way? Do I want my life to feel this way? Um, This has been so good. So Tiffany, how can the listeners connect with you after the show? Yeah, definitely. So we're most active on Instagram at Kenza Collective. Um, So come say hi to us over there. And then our website is KenzaCollective.com. Tons of free tools and resources. We have a Slack community you can join. Um, We have a podcast called the Kenza Pod. And all of our material is geared towards parents who are entrepreneurs who want either want to take the leap into freelancing and consulting or already have and are ready to scale all anything in there. We're here to support you um, and help you just feel really empowered into doing that because ultimately like we feel like the work we're doing and people like you, um, anybody who's supporting this movement really is helping to build a better world because when we're supporting our families and parents being able to dictate how they spend their time and their energy and all their resources, they're able to then turn around and be better humans, more present parents and be there for their kids. And when we're supporting the family unit in that way, that's how kids are raised in a really great environment. Um, So we're really passionate about that work and how it trickles down and just makes so many people's lives better. I think (laughs) has the power to anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on. And I'm so excited to hear what the listeners get a- take away from this episode. Same. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.